0: The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. We walk by faith and not by sight. Faith Hill, that's who we are. Good. Well, good morning, church. Hello guys, is this the 10am service? You had two extra hours to sleep in. Good morning. I've just got one announcement to make, okay. Um, For for starters, man, we've got people really watching all over the world. I think this morning we had everyone, the whole of UK watching, okay. (laughs) So really, we just want to welcome you. If you're watching online, I'd like to specifically welcome um, one of our first time um, e-visitors, Melissa Mars. I hope I'm pronouncing that right, Melissa. Welcome. Melissa says, I'm joining all the way from Harare, Zimbabwe. Man, welcome. We're just so excited to be worshiping with you this morning. Amen and amen. Well, church, you, really, I just want to encourage you all. Um, man, Lover's Boot Camp. It's coming up. It's coming up really soon. And, and simply, Lover's Boot Camp, like Marua put so eloquently, is a free, F-R-E-E, free marriage course. That man, if you are um, engaged to be married, of course, that's the caveat. Engaged, not to be like engaging for 20 years. Engaged to be married imminently. If you are married, currently if you're going through some challenges in your marriage, man, you actually want to make sure that you register for this class. They, this class is going to have solutions for you, okay? We actually, our tagline is this class, you attend this class, you're guaranteed. It's a 100% success rate um, in, in really um, beginning to walk out and have a marriage that's just fulfilling and a, really a marriage that's made in heaven, okay? So I'm going to ask the media team to put up the QR code because I'm going to give you all an opportunity, right? If you're married, if you're engaged to be married today, I want to give you an opportunity to register okay so take out your phones okay if if you're sitting next to your husband and he didn't want to do this man pick up your phone and do it okay you're going to register for the both of you we highly encourage that couples do come together so please do um, pick up your phone Um, All you need is just to switch on the camera. I'm actually going to do it to check if it works Um, and just zoom it in on this QR code. uh, I'm probably too close. (laughs) And, And then we've got a form that's quick, that's easy to fill in. If you're watching online, the QR code is right up in front of you. Sorry, let me stand out of the way. If you're standing online, the QR code's coming up on the screen. If you're in Joburg, because this is a physical class, highly recommend you to attend. You know, the best investment that you could ever make is really actually in your marriage, okay? You want to invest in your marriage. So scan away, such an easy code, it's um, easy form to, to populate. Um, let us know who you are, all that good stuff. It's quick and easy, I did it this morning. Quick, quick, quick. Okay. So we're going to give you a chance to to just register this morning. Faithful Church is moving with the ties. We've got QR coding up in here. Right? (laughs) Up in here. All right. So please, you know, I I don't know. Are you done? (laughs) Okay. Because it was quick and easy. Okay. All right. Awesome. Awesome. Have you registered, Cliff? Yeah, even couples with no problems. You know, (laughs) even couples with no problems. Okay? <laughs> Couples with no problems. <laughs> Couples with no problems too. You're absolutely more welcome. But we wanna see the whole of Faithful Church. And of course please invite your invite your unchurched work colleagues. Because yeah. they need help, you know. I, uh, the other day, I was, and uh, unfortunately, I was in the bathroom. Phew, it's such a, like, too much, TMI, too much info. And I really could, I was uh, uh, eavesdropping on a conversation, unfortunately, um, a marriage issue. Man, your, your unchurched friends need help. And, you know, this is the place where they can get help. Man, I wa- we want you to encourage as many of them to join. We're going to be equipping them with tools that are really just going to help take their marriages to the next level. Okay, so please invite them. And, of course, there's a competition, so that really helps really really helps okay you wanna you wanna you want to win okay you in it to win it (laughs) okay amen amen well today we're continuing in the series that we started. i think we're now in the third week of the series and we've titled the series run your own race run your own race and we're so excited because, man, we've been getting so many testimonies from all over, you know, about people really just beginning to be empowered to run their own races, man. It's, it's very, very encouraging, church. And, man, we're believing through this series that many of you, God's going to begin to speak purpose. He's going to be begin to speak destiny, man, into your lives. So some of you, you may not know, you may know, actually, what your race is. You may even have started running your own race. But, man, we're believing that through this series, you're going to begin to run your race with a greater boldness, a greater confidence, man, a passion like never before. And as you begin to run that race with boldness, confidence, and passion, man, you're going to begin to inspire and encourage the people around you to also begin to run their own races, man, to also begin to uh, fulfill and to do and to be everything that God has specifically called them to be, to do, and fulfill. Amen. Amen. So let's go to our foundational scripture. And that's in Hebrews 12 verse 1. Hebrews 12 verse 1, and we're going to read it this morning in the message translation. Was it really a paraphrase? I don't know. In the message. We're going to read Hebrews 12 verse 1 in the message. And this is what um, the scripture says. It says, do you see what this means? All these pioneers who blazed the way, all these veterans cheering us on, And so the veterans that the scripture is talking about here are the veterans or the the people in the faith hall of fame that were mentioned in Hebrews 11. Okay, So what the scripture is saying is, man, all of these people in the faith hall of fame, they're cheering you on. All these veterans. They're, They're rooting for you. They're cheering you on. And it says, well, it means we'd better get on with it. You know, the scripture says, strip down, start running and never quit. It says, no extra spiritual fat, no parasitic sins. Keep your eyes on Jesus who both began and finished this race that we're in. It says, study how he did it because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God, he could put up with anything along the way. I'm going to stop there. I quite like this paraphrase because the message translation, man, it just it tells us like it is, you know. I like the message translation because it always just drops it like it's hot, you know. And the message translation says this, it says, start running, yeah. it says start running, and it says, and never quit yeah. and never quit. You know, we we each and every single one of us, man, we have a divinely ordained race that God has set before us, right? You know, whether this race is in the marketplace. Whether this race is in the government, whether this race is in the arena of arts and entertainment, media, the family, mountain, education, or even if this ministry is in the fivefold, uh, or even if this race, uh, uh, apologies, if this race is in the in the fivefold ministry itself, each and every single one of us have a race that we need to start running. You know, each and every single one of us really have a call of God on our lives. And we learned last week, and for those that haven't had a chance to listen to the uh, uh, two teachings before this one, I highly encourage you, check out our Facebook, check out our YouTube, Faithful Church's YouTube channel. Man, you want to just, we're just going to be continuing, so we don't have time to go back. But you want to make sure that you catch up, okay? But we learned last week that before we were even born, before we were even born, God had a plan for each and every single one of us. And so really, I'm here this morning to tell someone this morning that you are valuable. You know, I just want to tell someone this morning that, man, you know, you, you are significant to God. You are significant to God. You, you have a, a valuable and a, and a very significant part, a very significant role that you need to play on this earth. Amen? Amen. You are significant. Um, and I want to show you something in Psalm 139. Psalm 139, and we're going to read verses 13 to uh, to 18 in the New King James Version. The psalmist says this, he says, for you formed my inward parts. It says, you covered me in my mother's womb. In verse 14, the psalmist says, I will praise you because I am fearfully and I'm wonderfully made. He says, marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well. And this is such a Powerful passage of scripture and man i'm really praying that you're gonna you're hearing what the spirit of the lord is saying to you this morning and the scripture is saying god saw you before you were ever born and the scripture here is saying god saw you where in your mother's womb you know you were formed by god And and many of us make the mistake, and we are personally, I'm I'm the first to admit that. I've I've said this before. I said, man, I was formed by my parents. You know, we formed our children. You know, that's not really true. You know, you you, you came through your parents. But the truth of the matter is you come from God. Okay? You were formed by God. You were made by God. And and the psalmist also says this. He says, speaking about God, he he says, marvelous are your works. Marvelous are your works. Well, do you want to know what one of um, God's marvelous works is? Do you want to know what one of the marvelous works of God is? Well, one of the marvelous works of God is you. Amen. Okay, one of the marvelous works of God, man, is, is, is me. Um, God, you, ah, man, I'm, I, I'm even getting goosebumps saying this, man. Each and every single one of us is a work of God. Each and every single one of us is a marvelous work of God. You are a marvelous work of God and that and that alone is what brings significance to your life. Amen. Amen. And so God formed you. You know, we learned last week that God sanctified you. God put a stamp of significance on you. He put a stamp of value on you and get this. He also put a stamp of uniqueness on each and every single one of us all in our mother's womb. And then the scripture carries on in verse 15 it says my frame was not hidden from you you know when i was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth verse 16 your eyes saw my substance before yet unformed the niv puts it this way and it's so powerful it said your eyes saw my unformed body and it says in your book they were all written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. So I want to stop there a little bit. I want us to look at that verse, um, verse, verse 16. Because what I see here is, man, we see God, David actually beginning to declare something so powerful um, in, in that specific one, in verse 15 and 16, actually. The first thing he declares is that God's eyes were literally, I mean, let's look at it, verse 15. God's eyes were literally fixed on us not only when we were in the early stages of being formed in our mother's womb okay but verse 16 says God's eyes were fixed on us even before we were conceived God saw you even before you were conceived man that's so powerful because the circumstances, the situation surrounding your conception, it may not have been right, it may actually have been evil, you know, it may not have been ideal. Your parents may not have wanted you. But the truth of the matter is that God knew you were coming. Yeah. The truth of the matter is that you you were not a, a surprise to God. Yeah. You know, you're not unwanted to God. Man, God knew you. God wanted you. God saw you even before you were conceived. And I, I think that's just so powerful. And then the scripture goes on in, I think it's in verse 16, and it says, and in your book, they were all written. In other words, God has a book for each and every single one of us. And in our book, in God's book for our lives, he's written down every single thing about us. You know, in God's book, he's written about our, our abilities, the abilities he's given us, the gifts he's given us, the talents he's given us. You know, in God's book, he wrote down where you would be born. In God's book, he also wrote down when you would be born, right? The time you were born, church, it's just, it's not an accident. It, re- it really, really isn't. You know, God created you and God called you for this exact moment in time that we're in. And I know it's such a cliche, and people throw it around all the time, but really it's not, it's not a cliche, right? It's its a statement of truth. You are here because you are called for such a time as this. You know, God created you for this exact time in this exact generation. In God's book, your personality was written. You know, some of us are loud, <laughs> Some of us laugh loud. And I told, shared with you the story last week about how they said, just follow my mommy's voice, okay? Some of us laugh loud, right? Some of us are more, um, what they call it, like, vivacious or whatever, extroverted. And I want to tell someone here, there's nothing wrong with us. Amen. There's nothing wrong with you. That's the, the exact personality that God gave you on purpose for a purpose. Yeah. You know, some of us are more quiet. Some of us are more, 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 more reserved, more, more extroverted, or introverted at least. And I want to tell you, guys, there's nothing wrong with you. There's absolutely nothing wrong with you. That's the personality that God gave you on purpose for a very specific and a unique purpose. You know, the scripture says, in his book is written. Well, you know, another thing that's written in his book is your, is your height. You know, some of us are short. Some of us are tall. Some of us are medium. And I was sharing with the first service service um, earlier on, I said, man, one of my deepest, my highest prayer requests when I was at high school, and I'm actually quite ashamed, you know, that was in the back in the days. I'm actually quite ashamed that that was something I was actually praying for. I was like, Lord, please, 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 make me skinny and make me tall like a supermodel. Lord, make me tall like Tyra Banks. Lord, make me tall like Naomi Campbell. I beseech you, Lord, make me tall like Sidney Crawford. And man, the time went by and I wasn't growing tall, right? Then I realized, man, God's not going to answer a prayer like that. God made me medium on purpose for my specific and my unique purpose. Some of us are female. God made you that way. Some people are male. God made you that way. Why are people trying to change these things? Huh? You know, if God made you a girl, you are a girl. He gave you the girl parts. So it doesn't need, you don't need to wait until you're 10 years old to figure out if you're a girl. If you got girl parts, you're a girl, girl. Okay? If you, if God made you a boy, man, I'm going to, because I'm, I just, it's just evil. Okay? It's really evil. If God made you a boy, you're a boy. Okay? And you know what he did? He gave you the parts of a boy. So that someone can look at you and they can say you're a boy. You don't need to wait until you're 12 years old. right? Until you know, I am actually not a boy. I'm actually, no. If you've got the boy parts, you're a boy. You're a boy because God made you that way. He made you that way. Come on. Come on. Some of us have brown skin. Some of us have peach skin, and I know you're all looking at me because you're like, what on earth is she talking about, right? I learned these definitions from my kids. My um uh, came running to us, and she said, mom, huh, why do they call black people black people? I'm not black. I'm brown. I was like, huh? Lights went on. Actually, we're brown. Yeah. Come on, girl. And then I thought, let me, let me like, actually just like, check this this theory out, right? So I said, okay, if we are brown, what color is Shannon? Okay, so Shannon's her friend who's not brown. He says, mom, that's easy. Shannon's peach. She's not white, she's peach. And then Tinaya decides to also further educate us. She's starting grade, she started grade double zero then, and she came home and she's like, oh mommy, I've got a new friend. I've got a new friend, and you know what? She's yellow. I was like, huh, oh, this is the rainbow now they're starting to cool. is this what they're teaching kids at school these days you know and so i went to the school Have you went to the school let's talk to the teacher trying to suss out what's this yellow thing about and then and then i found out actually that we had a new family that had joined the school i believe from japan right and so like japanese people kind of yellow right anyway some of us are brown you know some of us are peach some of us are yellow skinned that's okay because that's who God created us to be. Because really, at the end of the day, everything about you was orchestrated by God on purpose, for a purpose. Amen. And so what's interesting, really, you know, what's, what's really interesting and actually quite disturbing, is if you ask most people in life, in fact, if you ask most Christians in life, you know, most of them struggle really to really articulate and answer the question, about what their purpose is. And if you ask many people, what's your purpose? Most people most people don't, they don't know. Um, my brother, man, I love my brother so much. I've had such a hectic week this week, so I asked him to do some research for me, right? And this is a statistic that he came up with. Well, not came up with, he actually like read, right? And the statistic said this, it said, 89% of Christians lack clarity of purpose. Man, that's 89% of Christians are lacking clarity of what their purpose is, what God's purpose for their lives is, why they were even created. Oh, church, you know, this, this should not be so. And so this morning, really, what I want to talk to you about is I want to talk to you about purpose today. You know, I I want us to look at the Word of God and really, our sincerest desire is that we're going to equip you and empower you with tools that are going to help you answer that question, that are going to help you find answers to what is my purpose? You know, what is God's purpose for my life? And, and man, if you, if you know your purpose, uh, good for you, right? But really what we're going to be teaching you this morning, what we're going to be empowering you this morning is with tools that will help you help someone else to discover their purpose, right? And, 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 and really, our sincerest prayer this morning, man, is that as we begin to share these truths from the Word of God, man, you'll begin to take these principles, man, you'll begin to apply the principles in your own life. And as you do, man, you'll start running your race, you'll start running your own race, and walking in everything that God has designed for you to be and for you to do. Amen. So guys, are you Ready? Because I'm so excited about today, man. God's really got a word that's really going to change your life this morning. Amen. And so really the beginning or the starting point of really understanding what our purpose is, really understanding what that word purpose even means, right? And so we looked up um, a few dictionary definitions of the word purpose. And these were some of the definitions. The first one is original intent. So purpose means original intent. You know, what is your original intent, right? Right. Another, another definition for purpose is the reason for which something exists or for which something is done. And then the, another definition um, for purpose means done by design. Done by design. And so, church, every single one of us is here on earth f- on purpose for a purpose in other words each and every single one of us was intentionally designed by god for a reason and the good news is that god absolute it's his it's his greatest desire that not only uh, we we discover that purpose but we also begin to walk out that purpose on this earth and today we're going to be looking at ways to discover that purpose and, and next week in our grand finale we're going to be looking out at how you can begin to walk out that purpose how you can begin to really grow into the fullness of everything that God has called you to be and God has called you to do amen and so Ephesians 5 verse 17, I'm going to be throwing a lot of scriptures out here, and I'm, I really want to apologize, we're ahead of time. I'm not really going to have time to really deep dive the scriptures, so please write them down in the week, meditate on them, but they're, they're really quite powerful, and, and they're really going to help you understand, understand purpose. Ephesians 5 verse 17 in the King James says this, it says, Therefore be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And so, and so we see God speaking through Apostle Paul here. And, he's, and he starts really making, he's, this is not a suggestion, guys, okay? It's this, what, what God is saying through Apostle Paul in Ephesians 5 verse 17, it's not a suggestion. In fact, in this church, what we call, uh, uh, what we call an instruction from God is, is really a divine imperative. And so we see God here giving us a divine imperative. And the divine imperative is for us to stop being unwise, To stop being unwise and start to understand what the will of the Lord is. In other words, we need to start understanding what God's purpose for our lives is. And really there are two things I've learned about every single time God gives us a divine imperative in his word. And the first one is every time we get a divine imperative, it's because God knows that what he's asking us to do is for our good. And so understanding God's purpose for your life, church, is for your good. Yeah. It's going to help you. Amen. The second thing about a divine imperative is simply this. Every single time that God gives us a divine imperative, that God tells us what, something that we need to do, it's because he's already given us every, all the ability. He's given us everything that we need to be able to carry out that instruction. And so I want to tell you this morning that we can understand the will of a God, right? Not only can we understand the will of God, but we should be wanting to know the will of God for our lives. Amen. In the in New Living Translation, um, Ephesians 5 verse 17, um, it says this. It says, don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Understand what the Lord wants you to do. Because the reality is, if we want to live a fruitful life, if we want to live a a fulfilled or a fulfilling life, if we want to live a life that is filled with impact, we need to understand the purpose for which we were created for. Amen. Proverbs 25 verse 2 in the New Living Translation, another one you can just throw into your toolkit. It says this, it says, it's God's privilege to conceal things and it's the king's privilege to discover them. Well, church, you are that king. You are that king. And it's absolutely your privilege to discover your purpose. Yeah. It's absolutely your privilege as a king, as the king that the scripture is talking about, to discover the reason why you were created, the reason why you're here on this earth. Amen. There's a, um, a guy called uh, Miles Manor. He's actually late now. And he coined this statement. He said, if the purpose of a thing is, not, is unknown, he says, abuse is inevitable. Yeah. Now, that word abuse just simply means this. It means abnormal use. So if the purpose of a thing is not known, well, its abnormal use is inevitable. And I actually want to add to that. I want to say if, a purpose of, if the purpose of a thing is not known, not only is its um, abnormal use or abuse inevitable, but also frustration is inevitable. Man, frustration! You're frustrating the thing from actually um, carrying out carrying out its 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 original original purpose. Okay, so I used a, uh, this guitar, Zane's beautiful guitar, this morning, and I said in the earlier service, like, what? what is, can someone tell me what the purpose of a guitar is? Right, to make nice music. Okay, to bless us with worship music. Okay, I know to play skillfully, okay, all right, it's used to um, make beautiful melodies, okay, I'm actually just going to throw myself under the bus, right, so we were at a songwriting course um, the other day, uh, a few weeks ago, um, writing new songs, yeah, Faithful Worship collections going, moving out, moving with the times and writing new songs, and then Marshall tells all of us there, he's like, you know, come up with some lyrics to this chorus, is that what you said, to this chorus, and I'm like, what, the the? what, Get a subject and come up. with the chorus or whatever, And I'm like, Lord, what is the chorus? Like, what is the chorus? And like everyone there is like a musician, right? So everyone kind of knows the deal. And I'm like, what? A chorus. and thank god the lord heard my prayers right because Mashi, the holy spirit must have been talking to you because immediately after that and i was just too shy to put up my hands i don't even know what a chorus is right and i'm in a songwriting course you know and immediately Mashi says no 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 a chorus is blah 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 right and that kind of you kind of saved my life that day okay but anyway look a, a guitar the the purpose the purpose of a guitar is to just make melodies right it's just bless us with beautiful but beautiful music right but how many of you know that if today I decided, and I'm not going to pick it up because you, I don't, it, it's, well, no, I don't, I'm not going to pick it up. How many of you know that if I was, one day I decided, you know what, uh, we don't like this uh, projector screen. Actually, what would look better here is, is, a, is a picture, you know, is a picture, you know? Okay, so I'm going to now pick up this guitar and I'm going to use this guitar as a hammer to drive a nail into this wall so that a picture could be hung up. How many of you know that that would be a gross abuse of the purpose of this guitar, yeah. right? If I was to use this guitar as a hammer, man, not only would it be a gross abuse of the, of the guitar's original purpose, but I'd also be frustrating its original purpose. The, the, the guitar would probably break, you know, trying to like be a hammer, <laughs> okay? I mean, that's, that's, that's actually just the reality, Right? and so and so really if the purpose of a thing is not known guys this is so important its abuse is inevitable and also its frustration is inevitable frustration or the definition of the word to frustrate um i discovered it means this it means to frustrate means to prevent from progressing it's it means to um, prevent a plan from succeeding or being fulfilled and so the truth of the matter is when you don't know what God's purpose for your life is, you yourself are preventing God's plan for your life from progressing, from succeeding, and from you really living a fulfilled life. And so, and so you know, Man, this is, this is so important, and I just really want to lay a foundation here. Um, I want to share with you some, some facts about purpose and really why, why it's really important for us to begin to discover, to discover our purpose. So the, the first fact I want to share with you quickly is this. It's purpose creates passion. And in fact, purpose ignites passion for life. You know, when you get into your purpose, it's, man, it, it, it just ignites passion. You know, there's an energy, you know, that's just awakened, right? When you're when you're abiding and, and walking out, walking out your purpose, and, and, and you know, someone once said this. They said they said passion, passion demands attention. Man, there's something about passion that just draws, that honestly just draws people. Do you know that one of the reasons why a lot of us want to be like someone else? You know, you know, the reason why some of us want to do what someone else is doing, and, and, and again, I said in the first service, most times we don't, want to be, we don't want to be like someone else who's being unfruitful in their lives, right? We don't want to be like someone else who's going nowhere slowly, right? We want to be like someone who's succeeding. You know, we want to be like someone really who's, who's winning. And you know the reason why we want to be like that person? Is because when that person is winning, they're, they're in their purpose. And there's something about being in, 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 in walking and, and running uh, your race and being in your, in your own lane that, that just causes you to become attractive. You know, purpose, the passion that it ignites just causes people to just be attractive. And all of a sudden, you know, people just want to, they just want to hear from you. They just want to, you know, they just want to listen to what you've got to say. And so I believe one of the reasons why God really wants us to begin to run in our own in our own lane and to begin to really understand or discover our purpose is because you know purpose and the passion it ignites it can really begin to draw people and it can really begin to be an effective uh, evangelism tool um, that we can we can really just uh, use to begin to minister to, to people in the world. Amen. Another tr- another fact about purpose is purpose affects attitude. Purpose affects attitude. You know, people with a deep sense of purpose are usually, you know, the most, the most positive people to be around. And they're usually actually the most uplifting people people to be around. And a people with a, wh- who, who are abiding in their purpose are usually the ones that you will call when all of a sudden cooking oil reaches the 130 rand uh, per two liter mark. You know because they're just gonna have a different perspective you're, you're gonna be frustrated you're gonna become they're just gonna say oh don't worry it's okay at least you have money right, right? there's something about someone walking in their purpose that totally uh, uh, changes their outlook in life even when things are things are challenging so so purpose affects your attitude another another fact I found out about purpose was that there's a direct corre- correlation between purpose and mortality now, this one's quite interesting um, because this is scientific research that's actually been carried out. And, and then and the research says this, it says those with a higher sense of purpose, it says they've been found to live the longest. And that's quite something. eh? On the flip side, it's the research also says those with a lower or lesser sense of purpose, they have been found to live significantly shorter, shorter lives. Man, this is, this is something else, eh? And, and that's why really PT and myself, man, we've decided that we're, we're not only going to live strong, <laughs> but we're going to live long, okay? Because, man, we've got a big purpose. God has a big plan for our lives, and we want to live out that purpose on this earth, amen? And then the fourth fact about purpose that really I want to share with you, because, man, when I discovered these things, it kind of blew my mind. The fourth fact about purpose is, is simply this. It's your full potential, is released in your purpose your fullest potential is released in your purpose now a battery and then you can think about a car battery a battery that we put in our mics a battery i mean you know it it has power right that's that's what it has right a battery is loaded with power but until it's united to purpose you know that that power it, it cannot be released Right? Uh, uh, Until a battery is connected to its specific purpose, that power that it's loaded with, you know, that potential that it's loaded with, it'll just remain untapped. Amen? And the same thing is true about you. Your full potential, your fullest potential, will be released when you begin to discover and you begin to walk in your purpose. You know, there's a saying, and I think it's you know one of these motivational speakers. He said something like this, and I hope I don't butcher it. But he said this. He said the graveyard um, is the richest place on earth, and he says the reason why the graveyard is the richest place on earth is because he says this is where you're going to find all the hopes, all the dreams that were never fulfilled. You know, you're going to find all the books that were never written. You're going to find all the songs that were never sung, were never written. Okay, and, and, and you know why, why, why the graveyard is the richest place on earth filled with all this unfulfilled potential? It's because these people went, went home without ever discovering their purpose and without ever really walking in their purpose. And so today I want to share with you about, about purpose because really purpose, um, and this is really how the Lord began to teach me these, these things, right? Because man, I've been studying out this, this, this subject for a long time now and And purpose can really be uh, uh, div- uh, separated into two categories. There's what we call a primary purpose, and it's really just a general purpose that's common to every single one of us as as, as Christians, as believers. okay Then there's also what's called the specific purpose, your specific purpose, right um, and uh, which is also called calling, but we will talk about that a little bit later. I want to focus now on on what what's called the primary purpose, or what your primary purpose is, right? Now, primary purpose, other, other uh, books, other um, scholars um, also say primary purpose, they call it universal purpose, okay? Um, general purpose, right? But th- this is a purpose that, man, if you're born again, if you've made Jesus your Lord and Savior, you every, every one of us, we all have that, that same general purpose. And, and that same general purpose can simply be summarized as this, okay? Your primary purpose, your general purpose is to know Jesus and to make him known. So if you've been asking, man, what's my purpose? What's my purpose in life? Why was I created? Well, I've got an answer for you. Your primary purpose, the primary reason that God created you is to know Jesus and to make him known. Your primary purpose, church, is relationship with God. Simple. You know, your primary purpose is relationship with Jesus. You were created on purpose for a primary purpose of knowing God, of knowing Jesus. Philippians 3 verse 10 in the Amplified Classic, it says this. It says, for my determined purpose is. okay." In other words, what Paul is beginning to describe here is he's beginning to describe his primary purpose. So he says in the Amplified Classic, Philippians 3 verse 10, he says, for my determined purpose is is that I may know him. Amen? And then I I love the Amplified so much because it really begins to define and to describe to us what that knowing is, right? And so so what is knowing Jesus? Well, the Amplified uh, uh, Bible says this, it says that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him. That I may perceiving and recognize and understanding the wonders of this person more strongly and more clearly. That I may in that same way come to know the power outflowing from his resurrection. And that I may so share his suffering so as to be continually transformed to his death. And so then our primary purpose, church, is, is to become more deeply and to become more intimately acquainted with Jesus. And that's really cool. And, and, and some of you are probably asking, man, how do, I, how do I actually do that? Well, well, how do you, you know, most of you here are married, right? H- how do you become more intimately acquainted with your spouse? You, you spend more time with them, right? You spend time with them, getting to know them, getting to know who they are, getting to know their likes, right? Well, in the same way, the, 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 the way in which we become more intimately and deeply um, acquainted with Jesus is really just by spending time with them spending good quality and quantity of time with Jesus. And, and we do this by spending time in the Word, you know, by spending time worshipping Him. And, and, and here's the thing, out of that relationship, um, the more intimately acquainted we are with Jesus, guess what? The more we begin to sound like Jesus. The more intimately acquainted we are with Jesus, the more we begin to talk like Jesus, the more we begin to look like him. In fact, the more of a relationship, an intimate relationship we have with Jesus, the more um, we become conformed to Jesus' image, right? That's Romans 8 verse 29 for those that want to, uh, want to know. And so, and so really, I, I say all of this to summarize. Our universal purpose, the main thing, the main reason really that you exist is to know Jesus and make him known, to know Jesus. And out of that relationship, out of that knowing of Jesus, to begin to reflect his nature to the world, you know, to begin to reflect his character to the world, his goodness to the world, his healing to the world, his power to the world, man, we begin to reflect um, his love, his love to the world. Amen. And so uh, I I was saying to the the church uh, this morning that, you know, not only are we to know Jesus, but but really we're called to let Jesus live big on the inside of us. We're called to know Jesus, and we're also called to become billboards for Jesus in our world, right? We're called to become billboards for Jesus to the people that that really he's he's placed us um, to influence and to impact and so this week or two no probably three weeks ago i got a call from one of my um one, one of my muslim colleagues and she asked she's like please may you pray for me i've got a prayer request i was like what's your prayer request and she begins to tell me right and then i said you know what i i, I pray in the name of jesus you know i don't i don't pray in the name of allah and you know what she said to me it's, It totally shook my world right she said to me i know I know you pray in the name of Jesus. I know you don't pray in the name of Allah. But I'm coming to you because I know that when you pray in the name of Jesus, it works. And I was like, man, that's my purpose. That's your purpose. Your primary purpose is not only to know Jesus, but to make Jesus known in your world. Amen. Amen. And then our specific purpose. Now, this one's quite interesting because this one is, is what really is unique to you. Now, other, other scholars call it a calling, your calling, or, or really your, your vo- vocation. But, but your, your specific purpose is something that absolutely no one else on earth can do but you. Okay, so I, we, I really need to get you, like you guys need to understand that. There's something that God has called you to do that absolutely no one else on this earth can do. In fact, a person's calling is actually as unique as their fingerprints. You know, science says that there's no two fingerprints that, are, that are the same, okay? Well, in the same way, the reality, the truth of the matter is that there are no two callings that are the same. And, and the reason why that there are no two callings that are the same is because each and every single person is shaped, each and every single person has been designed according to his or her purpose. And so I want to show you something in Galatians 1 verse 11. And this, this is such a powerful passage of scripture because Paul begins to deal with both purposes in this scripture. Okay, So let's start in Galatians 1 and we're going to read verse 11 to 16 in the king james and it says this it says but i certify you brethren that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man for i neither received it of man neither was i taught it but by the revelation of jesus christ for you have heard of my conversation in time past in the jews religion how that beyond measure i persecuted the church of god and wasted it and profited in the jews religion above many my equals in mine own nation being more exceedingly zealous of the traditions of my father but when it pleased god who separated me from my mother's womb didn't we learn that last week jeremiah 1 verse 15 Okay, so Paul is again reiterating, right, that this calling, this process happens, you know, in our mother's womb, really. And he says, but when a pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace. Now listen to this, because even like really, you know, preparing to read it is sending goosebumps up my spine, right? So verse 16 says this, okay. It says, Well, verse 15, he ends off and he says, God called me by his grace. And he says this, he says, to reveal his son in me. And then he says that I might preach him among the heathen. And it says, immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood. And so, man, this is so powerful. Because what we see in this passage of scripture is we see the twofold purpose of man being revealed. You know, Paul says that God called him, to reveal his son in other words Jesus in him and that's the primary purpose right Paul is simply saying my primary purpose is for Jesus to be revealed in me and through him me in other words my primary purpose is to know Jesus and to make Jesus known and then what's so awesome Paul carries on And he says this, he says, not only is my primary purpose to know Jesus and make him known, but my secondary purpose, my specific purpose, is that I might preach him among the heathen. That I might preach him among the heathen. And so what Paul was made to do, what Paul was specifically fashioned in his mother's womb to do, his specific purpose, was to preach the gospel to the Gentiles to preach the gospel to the heathens. And so now you you've, I, I'm really hoping you're now probably asking, man, okay, I know my primary purpose. I'm convinced, right? I need to make know Jesus and make Jesus known. What on earth is my specific purpose, right? If you're asking a good question, because I'm going to begin to show you how you can begin to discover what your specific purpose is. The first, the first thing you need to do, guys, is, is, is you need to simply ask God. man, ask ask God you want to know what your specific purpose is go to God and ask him Man, I mean it's almost like um I shared the example of the Mercedes-Benz but man let's say you had a let's say you had a, a, a BMW right you're not going to go to the BMW and say, BMW, what's your purpose? How were you created? You're not going to do that, right? In order to find out wh- what the p- BMW was created to do, what are you going to do? You're going to go to the creator, the person who created uh, the BMW, and you're going to ask them for the manual on how the BMW works. Well, the same thing is true about you. If you want to find out what your specific purpose is, you just need to go back to the creator. And we learned that we were formed, we were made, we were created by God. Man, we need to ask God. And I'm going to show you the ways in which God speaks to us and how God is going to speak to you um, in order to reveal your specific purpose. The first and the, probably the primary way, actually, that God speaks to us and reveals our purpose is, is really through his written word. Okay, if you are taking down notes, the primary way that God speaks to us The primary way that God is going to reveal your purpose to you is through his written word. You know, God's word is is his will. And so if you want to find out God's will, if you want to find out God's purpose for your life, go to the word. You know, Jesus, Jesus found his purpose through reading the word. You know, as Jesus was reading the word, he found the place that was written of him. Church, I want to tell you this morning that there are places in the word of God that are written about you. You know, there are places in the word of God that are written about what God specifically designed and called for you to do. Amen. Amen. when I really began to seek God's will for my life, man, I, 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 I was just in the Word because that's just what I do, right? I was in the Word, I'm studying the Word, meditating on the Word, journaling um, what the Lord was, was speaking to me. And man, I'm, all the time I'm just seeking the Lord. I'm saying, Lord, what is your purpose for my life? And one day I'm reading a passage of Scripture. In fact, it was 1 Peter 4, verse 10. And I read that passage of Scripture. And I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, read on read on. I want to reveal purpose to you. And man, as I read on, it was like the, that font was probably like a font 8, but as I read First Peter 4, 11, that font 8 became font 40. That's how much it literally leapt up off the pages of the Bible in my life. And I want to read to you what it said. I want to actually read what verse, four, or what verse 10 and verse 11 say. So that's 1 Peter 4, uh, verses 10 to 11 in the New Living Translation. It says this, the Lord says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. He says, use them well to serve one another. And this is how the Lord began to reveal his purpose for my life. In verse 11, he said, he said do you have the gift of speaking? And then the scripture literally leapt out at me and it said, then speak. Speak as though God himself was speaking through you. I don't remember. It's like the rest of the passages was one big blur. Like all I remember that day was that I knew that I knew that I knew that God had called me to speak, not out of my own ability, but out of the ability that He was going to give me. And I want to tell someone that one word from God can change your life. I want to tell someone here today that one word from God can literally, absolutely propel you into your destiny. Amen. And the Lord, He's so long-suffering. He is so long suffering. I'm so glad I'm not God, right? And so here I was, God had like super, like he'd caused this word to literally jump off the Bible, jump out of my iPad. And now I'm like, start to look to the left, look to the right, look to see how well Susie's speaking, look to see how well PT is teaching. I'm like, Lord, I don't think you called me to speak. You've made a mistake, Lord. What's my purpose, Lord? What's my purpose, Lord? <laughs> you know, what's my purpose, Lord? And again, I'm going into the Word, and I'm, I'm reading the Word. I'm meditating on the Word. Then again, a scripture, Isaiah 50, verse 4, and I shared it with the staff um, in our Friday meeting. Um, I was teaching from it, right? The scripture literally left off the pages of the Bible, you know, and, and the Lord was saying to me, come on, come on. He's saying, I've given you the tongue of the learned have given you the tongue of the disciple that you may know how to speak a word in season to those that are weary. He says, that's your purpose. There are places in the written word of God that are written about you. You know, there are places in the written word of God, in the written word of God that are written about your specific purpose, about your specific calling. Church, we can never overemphasize it. Get into the word. Get into the word. Let God speak to you. You know, get into the word. Don't become familiar with scriptures. You know, read them and say, Lord, I'm opening up my heart today. I want to hear what you have to say to me today. Amen. The primary way that God speaks to us is through, is through his written word. Amen. Another way that God speaks to us is, um, is through wise, godly counsel through wise, godly counsel. We, we always say this. PT, we, we sound like broken records, but we, we, we're not going to stop saying this. Church, it's very important. It's very, very important that you find people, that you find someone, in, someone really, who you can be accountable to. Okay, it's, it's, it's so important. Um, we personally, Pastor T and myself, we have many mentors. We have good, God, godly, wise mentors. And, and God really has used them to begin to speak into our lives and, and get this to really help us see the gifts, see the calling of God that's already on the inside of us. Um, Ephesians 4 verse 29 in the New King James, it says this, it says, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. But that which is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. Now that word, that phrase, impart grace, do you know what it means? It means to impart the power to become. Impart the power to become. And so God uses wise, godly mentors not only to speak into your lives, but also to impart the power to become who God made you to be. Who God created you to be. You know, God uses mentors, guys. You're not an island. God uses people in your lives. And in and, and many instances in my own life, he's used people to see things that I couldn't even see in my own life. And I want to really encourage you guys, man. You know, look for, look for, look for people, look for godly people. That's your first criteria. They have to believe in God, right? They have to like listen to God and be obedient to God. That's like your criteria number one tick, right? And of course, there have to be someone who you can trust, right? Someone who really you can open up to, um, and, and 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 just ask for guidance, right? And and one thing I want to say is, man, look for mentors. They're not going to look for you. They're not. You know, there's a book I'm reading and it said this it says it says that mentors choose but mentees pursue you need to be in te- I'm just going to tell it like it is because this is something that's changed my life and I love you guys and I want your lives to be changed you have to be attentional because God is going to use people and God can speak through people to help you discover your purpose and also to help you begin to walk in that purpose amen Another thing that God does or another way that God speaks is he speaks through prophecy. I know my time is well spent. But but simply put, a prophecy, prophecy is simply this. All a prophecy is, is it's really this, this divine invitation into your kingdom potential. That's all the prophecy is. It's a divine invitation into your kingdom potential. And one thing about prophecies you all need to know is most times when you're given a prophetic word, it's really going to confirm what you already know in your heart. Okay, Most times it is. Sometimes it's going to be something like, okay. But most times it's going to really confirm what you already know. And, 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 and we have to say this. We did a beautiful series on, on, on gifts of the Spirit. And one of them was the specific gift of, of prophecy. If what someone is prophesying to you violates Scripture, you have the right to refuse it. In fact, I'm giving you this morning the right to chuck it if a prophetic word that you're given absolutely violates the written word of god it's not from god okay and 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 really you do need you do need to chuck it okay so god can speak through us through prophecies and the last way really as i close is another way that god reveals his will to you is through your desires is through your desires Psalm 37, verse 4 to 5. Actually, in the New King James, it says this. It says, Delight yourself also in the Lord, and He shall give you the desires of your heart. Verse 5 says, Commit your way unto the Lord. Trust also in Him, and He shall bring it to pass. This is such an interesting passage of Scripture because most times people have misinterpreted, really, what the Lord is saying here, right? And, and people have, have used the Scripture to really say, "Man, God's just going to give me whatever I want right so they say oh according to psalm 37 verse 4 you know i can begin to desire other people's houses man according to psalm 37 verse 4 i, I my i desires for other people's cars and some of them they've really lost their mind they're like man i'm desiring someone else's spouse man that's ungodly desire god's so not going to fulfill that desire right what what the scripture really means well, guys i mean we like it's true right but what this scripture really means is when we are delighting ourselves in the Lord. And, and, and you know what delighting means? Delighting just simply means when we when we're seeking the Lord. You know, when we are committing our lives to the Lord and saying, "Lord, man, here's my life." You know, you know, use me. Do what you will with my life." You know, that's that's delighting yourself in the Lord. When we're prioritizing the Lord. You know, delighting ourselves in the Lord, you know, it can also mean when we're serving the Lord. You know, serving the Lord wherever he's placed us, right? When we're delighting ourselves in the Lord, I mean, the Lord, the scripture actually says that he will give you the desires of of his heart, of your heart at least. And what the scripture really means is the Lord will begin to put his desires into your heart. Now, when we're delighting ourselves in the Lord, the Lord begins to make his desires your desires. This is such a common way in which the Lord um, begins to reveal His purpose. In fact, some of the biggest decisions of our lives, Pastor and myself, some of the biggest decisions that we've um, had to make for this ministry, you know, in our personal lives, were really based on nothing more than seeking the Lord, seeking God first, delighting in the Lord, and really beginning to follow the desires of our heart. You know, that's how we faithful worship collective was born. You know, that as we were delighting ourselves in the Lord, man, God began to really lead us through the desires of our heart. And our desire was, man, we need to start singing songs to the Lord. Faithful church needs to start producing music that's going to bless the world, that's going to tell the world about Jesus, right? So some of the ways that the Lord is really going to start uh, uh, revealing his purpose to you is, is really through your desires. And, you know, this so resonates with me. Because I, I think I shared this story in the, probably the very first part of this teaching. I never, in my wildest dreams, ever thought I'd be a pastor, ever. And I'm just gonna tell it like it is because it's really the truth. I didn't even want to be a pastor. I really, really didn't. Maria, you were there right at the beginning, right? I, I I, didn't. But man, I began to delight myself in the Lord. I began to like say, Lord, you know, what is my per- What have you called me to do? And I said to the church earlier in the first service, you know. If your husband is called to be a doctor, doesn't mean you're also going to be a doctor too, right? Okay, Amen? amen? You need to seek the Lord's will for your life, your specific life. And as I began to delight myself in the Lord, as I began to seek the Lord's will for my life, I can tell you right now, supernaturally, my desire started to change. I want to tell you right now, I just began to burn. I had a burning, a burning, 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 burning desire to just want to serve people. You know, as I was delighting myself in the Lord, I had this burning passion, you know, to just, to just share the word of God with people, you know, to just see people transform people's lives, just transform people's lives changed with the word of God that had changed my life. And I thank God for his desires because right now I'm doing exactly what the Lord wants me to do. I love you guys. I absolutely love you. And that's how the Lord led me to what I'm doing right now. Amen. And I just want to tell someone here, because some of you are delighting yourself in the Lord. You really are. And the Lord is, is, is really beginning to, to give you desires, right? They're just a burning desire. And, and, and I believe you're continuing to delight yourself in the Lord. And this desire is actually increasing in your heart, right? But, you know, some of you are starting again to look to the left, to look to the right. You know, you're starting to look at, man, I don't really have the money to do that. You know, I don't really, I'm not the right color to this. I'm not even the right age. Lord, did you really, did you really tell me to do that? I mean, don't you know, like I'm kind of, you know, approaching my seventies, right? And, 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 and guys, this, 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 this can happen, right? But the Lord has never called any of us to try and figure out how he's going to fulfill the desires in our life. In fact, in verse five, you know, if we carry on reading that passage of scripture, he says, he says, commit your way unto the Lord. He says, also, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Well, what's the it? You know, we just talked about verse 4 was delighting ourselves in the Lord, and the Lord would give us the desires of our heart. And so as we delight, uh, you know, that it that it's talking about is really our desires. You know, I want to share one last testimony with you. About five, five, six years ago, um, you know, in in banking, I I work for bank. And I, I i was um in in sort of a back office type role i loved it loved it loved it loved it I, I, I couldn't think why would i ever want to move out of that role right and then i'm delighting myself in the lord i'm seeking god's i always seek the lord's will for my life wherever wherever i am right I'm saying lord is this really what you want me is there is this or is there more to what i'm doing right now and then i tell you god started to like uh, literally change my desires like all of a sudden, I didn't want to be in that position anymore. And he started leading me to really begin to desire um, a, a, a banker, a banker role, more front office role. Man, I began to start listening to the company politics, right? I've got this design in my heart. But the company, uh, you know, gossip, the company, the word on the company floor is man, one, they're not hiring anymore in front office. They're not. In fact, they're actually retrenching in front office. Started listening to the company, the word on the floor. And they're saying to me, there's no way you can be a banker. You know, how they hire bankers is they hire people with clients already. You know, you're coming with zero experience. You're coming with zero clients. Actually, you, you wanting to be a banker, you're going to be a liability to your team. So you can just forget about that. And I, and I remember just in the midst of me really beginning to doubt, you know, is this really the Lord? I mean, these desires are just not going away. The Lord began to speak verse 5 to me. He said, I've not called you to try and figure out how you're going to go there. He says, all you need to do is commit your plans, commit your ways to me. And then he said, trust me. I said, Lord, I've got this burning desire in my heart. It's not going away. And so I'm going to like submit this desire to you. I'm going to just trust you. I'm going to trust you. You know the situation. You know what's happening. You know the impossibility of the situation. But I, you know what? I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you. I tell you, um, Church, this powerful testimony is that, man, I got supernaturally elevated to front office. And they were not hiring people at that time, but supernaturally, I got a position in front office. Not only that, I got a, an increase. Uh, man, I, I didn't even have any clients. And now I'm absolutely walking in the perfect will of God, managing a huge portfolio, uh, You know, looking after some of the biggest, large local corporate clients in, in, in Africa, really with a, probably an, a combined turnover of not less than like 10 billion rands. I'm going to ask you to stand up on your feet, but I want to encourage someone this morning. You know, God is not asking you to try and figure out how you're going to bring those, he's going to bring those desires to come to pass in your life. He's not. And some of you, he's put some really big, big ambitions, big desires in your heart. I want to encourage you this morning to just trust him. Commit those desires, commit your ways to the Lord, and he will fulfill those desires in your life amen amen thank you jesus and then just the last thing i want to share quickly um as we close is sometimes the holy spirit will show you your purpose through what frustrates you you know what frustrates you could be the holy spirit prompting you or showing you the problems that you were specifically created for There's a gentleman by the name of Gareth Camp. Most of you don't even know him, but you absolutely know the company that he co-founded. Gareth Camp was, um, you know, the story says that he was absolutely frustrated because it was like during a conference um, somewhere in California and he couldn't find a cab. You know, he couldn't find transport to go back to his hotel room. When he eventually found that transport, he ended up paying something ridiculous like 800 uh, US dollars right just to probably go some like probably like less than five kilometers away man he was absolutely frustrated by this and he just sensed and knew that man he needed to do something about this and out of that frustration church uber was born uber was born and so i want to share with someone this morning man there are things that absolutely have been frustrating you and you just don't know why and submit those frustrations to the Holy Spirit. They could be it could be a problem that you were born to solve. Amen. Amen. Come on, someone say I declare. That I am not a mistake. I declare that I am not an accident. God knew me before I was conceived. God has long awaited my arrival. On this earth God has a plan for me God has a purpose for me I am purposeful My determined purpose Is to know Jesus And make him known God has a unique plan for me You know I want someone to really believe this Really believe this in fact, I feel the Lord stirring up in my heart. Some of you think you're a certain age right now. And how can God have a plan for you at that age? But I want to tell you that God has, He's always had, He's always had a unique plan for you. And it's never, never too late to start walking in that plan. And so someone say with a great boldness God has a unique plan for my life life. Holy Spirit Spirit, thank you for showing me that plan plan. help Help me as I'm serving you wherever you've placed me to begin to discover my gifts my talents And my calling. Father, thank you for the people that you have for my life that will help me to discover and to begin to walk in my purpose. I am running my race and I will not quit. I will never stop until every part. Of my God-given assignments has been fulfilled. Come on, someone say, thank you, Jesus. Come on, someone give Jesus a big shout of praise because he's a good father. Amen. 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 I'm so sorry. I just really have to do this. Because while our primary purpose is to know Jesus and to make Jesus known, the only way that you can know Jesus, the only way that you can be intimately acquainted with Jesus is if you're born again. And so if you haven't made Jesus your Lord and Savior, man, you need to do it. Because it's the only way that you can begin to have a relationship with Jesus. It's the only way that you can begin to have a relationship with our Lord. And so I want to encourage, I want to ask everyone to close their eyes. If you haven't ever made Jesus your Lord and Savior, you know, I want to give you an opportunity this morning to do so. And some of you, you may have, you know... you didn't even know you had us do anything right um, in fact the scripture says that all we need to do to be saved is to what is to confess with our mouths and to believe in our hearts man that jesus not only died was buried but also that jesus rose again and he's alive right now it's really as simple as that but you need to do it and so some of you you know you may have grown up in church all your life so you're thinking i've just been in church all my life surely i'm born again Mm-mm. If you have not confessed with your own mouth that Jesus is Lord, then you need to do it today. So I'm going to ask people to close your eyes and I'm going to give you this invitation. Then the day of salvation is now. The day of salvation is today. If you're not sure where you're going to end up in eternity, you can make sure today. Okay, so I'm going to give this invitation, and if you want to pray that prayer of salvation, a prayer of salvation, um, you can just put up your hand and we can pray together, amen. I'm going to say going once, going twice, okay, we're all saved, hallelujah, amen and if anyone has sickness in their body if anyone's got some sort of pain in their body some some sort of anxiety in their body uh, in their mind some sort of restlessness something that they're really just wrestling within their minds uh, we would like to pray for you uh, this morning before everyone goes and I'm going to ask you to put up your hands we've got some believers that are just going to lay hands on you so if you've got some pain in your in your body and and really guys you know it doesn't even if it's a, something that feels so minor so insignificant you know it's it's really not insignificant to god you know god is healing god wants to heal you god wants you well god wants you whole amen and so please don't leave this place with that pain with that ache or whatever it is you know because the scripture says you know as these believers lay hands on you you will be healed amen as these believers lay hands on you man we will rebuke the spirit of anxiety from your life right now amen Amen, is that everyone? Okay, everyone's got someone. Okay, Father, we just want to thank you for each and every single person with their hands up. Lord, right now we just speak life into their bodies. We speak healing into their bodies. Right now we speak to every pain. We speak to every organ. We speak to every tissue. We speak to every cell. We speak to every single nerve from the top of their head to the very sole of their feet. And we say, be healed right now in the name of Jesus. We say, be healed right now in the name of Jesus. We speak wholeness. We speak life into their, bodies. Right now, in the name of Jesus, for those who um, have, have had anxiety, right now we just rebuke the spirit of anxiety. We rebuke it in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that right now your peace, your supernatural peace, which passes all understanding, your peace right now is overflowing, overfilling in their lives, Father. Lord, we just thank you for your peace. We just thank you for your healing power. We just thank you for your goodness in the mighty name of jesus we pray and we all say amen and amen and amen hallelujah we hope this message has been a blessing to you thank you for listening to find out more about how you can become a partner visit faithhill.tv today